In a world where our best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shit Show, or as my mum calls it, Shit Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am Gus. You're joined by me and my co-host Rig. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. And I just I cannot wait to meet your mum. I feel like the first thing she's going to do is slap me in the face. <laughs> you <laughs> damn potty mouth. <laughs> no joke. The other day she's gone. Oh, so how are, <laughs> how's everything going with your podcast? And I'm like, good. And she's like. Yeah, shit thing. <laughs> how's oh it? And how's Rick? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is shit, shit, shit show, shit thing, your weekly podcast that covers the best laid plans of mice, men, women, animals that go incredibly off the rails with hilarious consequences. Rick has the segments this week, and he's mm-hmm. going to dive straight into it with Trainwreck Trophy. Phenomenal segment. He goes into the internet, finds the best things that he can. <laughs> They're usually pretty funny, and then I vote on the things that he brings us. <laughs> Straight to the point. Love it. So, train wreck trophy, the first one for this week, first week's contender. These guys could get a nomination pretty much every week. That could be anyone. We are speaking, of course, about the Republican Party. Yes. From the US world of politics. So, new new tax cut plan. Mm-hmm. It's it's high up on their agenda. They want to make it so that a lot of people are paying less taxes. Uh, the tax things, the finger thing means the taxes. So the new tax cut plan uh, fact sheet was released this week. Great. Just to give sounds p- fucking thrilling. Just to get... <laughs> it's as exciting as it sounds. But it's meant to be telling people, where are we going to make these cuts? How are you going to be Who's better? affected, et yeah, cetera. Who are you gonna be, how are you going to be better off? So one of the main things that uh, the tax is going... Is that the tax rate is going to go down for a large amount of people or, or for a group of people from 39.5% to 35% tax. Great. Sounds, tax, tax cuts are good. Sounds great, right? They're good for the people. Yeah. Except for the fact that the people who it applies to are earning $450,000 a year. Oh, shit. This was always, always going to happen. So the real kicker on top of that is that on the fact sheet, these people who are making $450,000 a year <laughs> yeah. are listed as, on the sheet, no joke... Middle class. Compared to who? (laughs) Who the fuck is upper class? I don't know. I don't... I don't know. It's just it's just five blocks. And it's yeah, it's it, it's it's crazy. And so they're just like tax cuts. Everyone's like, yeah, it's like four hundred fifty grand. What? <laughs> I can see him phrasing it though and going, All right, so we're gonna make tax you want a cuts tax cuts for, the for just class. the super rich. Yeah. What if we called them middle class? <laughs> yes, done. Send it to print. <laughs> but all that's all that's gonna be on the on the media headlines, I think in their minds is gonna be tax cuts for the middle class. Yeah. And everyone's exactly. just and no one is gonna no look one's gonna read that. it. Yeah. And they've been found out, and everyone is just coming at them from all angles, bukkake. And it is just, <laughs> people, people are just, yeah. Just, the American Golden Eagle is happening. <laughs> yeah. And so Democrats are running at them, media outlets are running at them. Even actual Republicans within the party are just like, doing a face palm and being like, this is going to be bad for us. Which they've been doing for the last what better part of a year they have until you have other people who are just like oh the thing's actually a pretty good idea uh guys i earned four hundred and fifty-seven thousand. exactly guys like senator richard shelby of alabama who loves the trickle down approach exp- uh, describing the tax cuts proposed tax, cut, tax cuts as the following people with money save money create jobs create risk people with no money 
I've been there, create nothing. You're trying to live to survive. It should be pointed out that Shelby, <laughs> who has been in government since 1970 and has been a senator since 86... Happens to also be the voice esti- of Kevin Spacey's House of Cards character. <laughs> has an estimated net worth of $4.2 million. Well, that guy can just get fucked. Yeah. It's a, you, you shouldn't be allowed to make comment on anything to do with finance... No. ...if you're the one directly benefiting from the tax cut. H- how does this sound? People with no money interject, dash, I've been there. Doesn't really sound like it. No. Of course not. No, no one in American politics. That's like Trump coming out and being like, "I built myself from nothing." <laughs> it's just like you de- you had a million dollars from dollars. your dad, so well, a, a lot more than that. Yeah. All right. So that is that is the first train wreck for okay. this week. Second one. So what I'm about to tell you has two main things at its core that seem somewhat unrelated. Great. The NFL. Okay. And pizza. Oh, all right. Papa John's. Terrible pizza. Is a huge pizza chain in the US, as you just mentioned, universally condemned as not being real pizza. No. But, it's, it's but no, but seriously, if you're buying pizza from a national chain and going on like you're a fucking food critic, <laughs> then I've got no fucking sympathy for you. No, nah, none. Absolutely uh, none. Especially because it's mostly sold at convenience stores. I yeah, think. I'm like, seriously, go to a wood-fired pizza joint. It's it's just way, way better the way it's prepared. But if you're going and getting fucking Domino's and being like, has a slightly cardboard texture, it's fucking Domino's. They're $5 pizzas. Yep. So, despite the fact that it makes garbage pizza, there are actually a lot of garbage people in the US who like to eat it. Good. So, that's going to go hand in hand. Yeah. And so, they buy it in droves. Such is their omnipotence. Papa John's uh, is that they regularly advertise during NFL games and they regularly see surges in sales during games. Okay. Here's where things get shitty. Mm. So you've probably heard about the protests that have been going on yep. in the in the NFL season. So basically a number of players and coaching staff have been taking a knee during the national anthem. Not not to dec- expressing not, their right. Yeah, I mean not to disgrace the flag or the country or the people who fought and died, etc., but to bring out or bring to light the apparent poor treatment of African Americans and other minorities in America. This kneeling has been received well by a lot of people, but it has also pissed off a shit ton of people who are like People died for you to yeah. kneel during the anthem. And it's, just, it's, it's a whole thing. Well, America's got a really great history of being uh, fair and just to African-Americans, so I'm surprised <laughs> about that. Yeah, and so <laughs> as a result, Trump has been super vocal about it and essentially has told his voter base and, by extension, the whole country at large that they should boycott the NFL if people kneel during the anthem. And the ratings are in. People are fucking doing it. They're, they're boycotting the NFL. Yeah, pe- people are, like, the, the ratings are going down. Like, it's actually, it, it's happening. What the fuck? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. So... Can this guy do any more damage? He's, he's insane. So now we've got loyal Trump supporters switching off the TV when the NFL comes on, and as a result, buying less Papa John's pizza. Mm, okay. This is literally what was communicated by CEO John Schnatter... Awful name. Oh, a, sounds sounds kind of rude. It does. And uh, it, it, it sounds like it should be in Poos in the News. <laughs> so that's what he explained to shareholders at a quarterly sales meeting that saw sales go down by 5% nationally. Right. That's a, I mean, that's a lot in the terms of the national landscape, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, they're, they're a volume business, so they're, they're 5% is a shitload yeah. of crappy pizza. Absolutely. So that's he a com- lot that's not being sold. Yeah. He, he publicly comes out and says, yeah, totally. The NFL protests are why we're selling less pizza, despite the fact that Trump is the one that told people to stop watching the football. <laughs> and here's where things get really weird. Yeah. 
this past week, the alt-right and white supremacists start holding this guy up and being like, yes, you are the fucking best. You're saying what we're all thinking about these bullshit protests. We love your pizza. You are the official pizza of the alt-right and the white supremacist movement. Oh, that's bad. That is that is being endorsed by a really, really oh, yeah. alienating group. And they post a picture of a pizza up on their front page of Stormfront, which is a hectic white yeah. supremacist website. It's a picture of a pizza and the pepperoni is forming a fucking swastika. Oh, Fuck. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I mean, that, look, that in itself is hilarious to me, white supremacists eating pizza. I find it fascinating. Uh, it's an Italian product. Yeah. It's come over from the old world when it's when it's been started up here and all of a sudden it's just like, I mean, you, you are taking something that has come from immigrants, which yeah. you openly hate. Yeah. And you're just like, now they're, you're, you know, the, the actual type of food you're officially sponsoring. Because the guy in charge is a fucking asshole. Yeah, but I mean, they're not. Their discrimination doesn't go to food. Like they've still got to eat. <laughs> yeah, they're humans. They're, big dogs got to eat. They're they just like, they hate. They hate everyone that's that's. They hate everyone that ain't them. I, but they also still got to eat. Yeah. I, I so feel, that's I, where that's where the line's drawn. Yeah. I, I mean, I still feel like every white supremacist has their ramen joint. Oh, totally, like, <laughs> totally. But but they just call it different shit. Yeah. So white noodles, yeah. <laughs> woodles. So shit has started to hit the fan. Papa John's are like, whoa, 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 whoa. We are the fucking official official pizza of racists. Uh, we are just annoyed that these black athletes are kneeling and costing us money. Oh, that sounds like exactly I mean, the segue. I mean, no, no. I mean, white supremacist I mean, organisation. They didn't say that. This is kind of essentially what they're saying. Sure. And so that that, that is our second contender for the train wreck trophy oh for this week. God. The the third one. So yeah. a bloke is driving along in his car in Canada, singing along to Everybody Dance Now mm. by CNC Music Factory. Yep. A 110% certified free-range organic banger. <laughs> it has it has nothing but drum machine and disco bass. Absolutely. It's uh, all, all of a sudden, uh, this guy who's driving the car, his sirens behind him. He reckons I was just gonna. He's just trying to pass me or whatever. So he moves onto the right until he hears over the speaker, "Please move to the side of the road." Sure. So, I'll leave this next part of the story up to the actual bloke in question, a guy named Torfik Moala. Ripper name. Quote, I stopped and four policemen came out of the car. Two on each side and checked the inside of my car. Then they asked me if I screamed. I said no, I was just singing. So they take his licence and rego and then they head back to the patrol car. Then they return and give him a fucking ticket for screaming in his car <laughs> and disturbing the peace. Quote from Moala. I don't know if my voice was very bad and that's why I got the ticket. The real kicker is this fucking brutal call from his wife. Quote, she told me, if it was for singing, I'd have given you a ticket for $300. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as someone who, uh, who lives with a terrible singer, I can, te- <laughs> I can tell you right now that those tickets should be forthcoming. Mm, re- re- really trading those blows when she's not here to defend herself, right? Yeah, enjoy Europe, Katie. <laughs> So those are your three train wreck trophy contenders for this week. We had the Republican Party thinking that 450k a year is considered middle class. Yep. We had Papa John's, the official pizza sponsor of white supremacist movements. The worst. And we have the Canadian bloke who's been given a ticket by the Canadian police for seeing which (laughs) sounded like someone screaming inside a car (laughs) and they actually thought someone was in danger. Yeah. Trump always notches them. 
He's he is the Don Bradman of train wreck trophy. Just can't be stopped. <laughs> His average is incredible. <laughs> um, so he he won't be winning. Yeah, uh, because I I expect that. Yeah, I expect that. Uh, the the Papa John's one is very very strong. Yeah, but knowing the beat lyrics and general vibe of <laughs> everybody dance now. I can see how someone <laughs> going for it behind the wheel could be termed a noise pollution. <laughs> Everybody dies now! Yeah, that, that is our train wreck trophy. It is number three, that bloke whose name you said. Torfik Moala. Singing Everybody Dance Now. <laughs> Congratulations, Torfik. You have won. Well... More importantly, I would say the the police. <laughs> the, the, they were super the sassy. They, they should really be getting the train wreck trophy. Congratulations, guys. Cue music. Train wreck. Train wreck. Train wreck. Trophy. Boom. And that means that we are straight into uh, a segment. <laughs> a segment that has some, some content. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but we have to do it. So uh, Rig is going to present... Everyone's least favourite segment, Poo's in the News, <laughs> where Rig has found a story about Poo uh, in the news and he's going to tell you about it. And unfortunately, he's going to tell me about it. All right, welcome to Poo's in the News. Oh, I'm so excited to be back here. Thank you so much for that enthusiastic intro. So we... You are so welcome. <laughs> I've gone away through the internet to find uh, the best one that I can and this is what I found. Where are we going, buddy? You already know the answer. It's always the UK. It's always the UK. It has it like a ninety-five percent strike rate. <laughs> it is the. It's like you. These guys are the Donald Bradman yep. uh, of this podcast. Yep. Just phenomenal. Just shit a stand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the the, the centre of poo-related news. It's amazing. So we're in Yorkshire, Good. and uh, and a young a young boy is is downstairs and he's eating breakfast in the family home. Right, and he sees the 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 visage of a bald man. Kind of around the front of the house. Okay. He's like, Mum has a bald male friend. That's probably <laughs> her mate. I'm just gonna let her know he's here. Yep. Dad, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> just screaming up, Mum! <laughs> <laughs> your, your friend's here. Your friend's here. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. I'll be down in a sec. So she comes down. She opens the door. It's not her friend. It's another bald ma- bald man taking an absolute steamer. On her front porch. Oh, what's it's a stranger. It's an absolute stranger. She does not know him <laughs> from a bar of soap. <laughs> and he's just laying cable right literally outside the front door. And she is just like like she's awestruck, as you would be, and she's just like <laughs> I don't know if awestruck is dumbstruck. Right chip off the old block. <laughs> she so she's so impressed. She is so impressed. She's dumbstruck and she she's mortified and she is just gone, What the fuck are you doing? And this guy literally just turns around because all she can see is crack. And <laughs> he turns over his shoulder and just says, don't worry, love. I'll put it in the bin. Oh, no, no, no. And no, no. Yeah. What the fuck? At least he's courteous. What sort of weird focus group are all of these shooters coming from? I don't know. And he must have done this before because, and this actually was in the article, he had what seemed to be a full roll of toilet paper with him. Again. Who are these guys? <laughs> it's happened before in places in the UK where people are walking around with toilet rolls. Toilet rolls are not, I repeat, not an essential item for everyday living. <laughs> that you what? carry around no, with you. About to say. They are not your car keys or your wallet or your fucking phone or your laptop. 
It's not required. I feel like all of these guys are, are joining a society and they're getting a starter pack. And it consists of one roll of toilet paper, a couple of flashcards that are just sassy responses when you get caught <laughs> shitting in someone's yard, and then a uh, phone number for a local lawyer. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's actually insane. And so that has happened and she's like, how am I going to get this guy away? She grabs the hose. Yes! <laughs> like you would to a mangy dog that's hanging around. Give him the hose! And, and it was, you know that, hose the hose pipes where they have the trigger on them yeah, and you yeah. can control the flow the, the water just, gun yeah just the water gun and she just goes she sprays him and he's just he runs away with his pants around his ankles of course and uh and and that's all she wrote they cannot they cannot find this guy he's still on the loose fugitive <laughs> he's uh he's joined up with the mad pooper the <laughs> this is the jogger who just cannot stop laying vendettas against uh international and rope they're creating a uh, team of super villains <laughs> and just taking the world by a, an absolute brownstorm yeah they're the worst version of the a team and that is the that's Pews in, Pews in the News for this week. Pews in the News. Uh, Pews in the News. Fantastic. Which means that we roll onto a much better segment because it has a theme song. It's One Star Reservoir. Cue music. You! I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. One star Reservoir. Wow! So One Star Reservoir, it is the segment where Rig has gone away and he's found three... One-star reviews. They could be from anywhere, as we've discussed in the past. We've uh, done Uber. We've done Amazon. We've done uh, Dimmy. Yelp. Uh, we've done Yelp. Uh, we've done Dommy. Do, do the condom <laughs> review site. Uh, we've done TripAdvisor. Yeah, we've we've really gone wherever reviews are left yep. and, uh, and where products can be rated. So, Rig, what's your first? First one, we're, we're going classic. Good. Hotel. TripAdvisor. Fantastic. Hotel. Yeah. The original, the best. Bread and butter. Boyfriend and I checked in over a long weekend and checked right back out. They <laughs> offered rooms by the hour. That was a dead giveaway that what this place really is. It seriously makes me question the integrity of the partnerships and ethics large travel companies like Expedia and their subsidiaries have with lodging establishments. Everything on the bed was dingy, dirty and full of holes. That's what she said. We asked for new, <laughs> we asked for new linen and the guy at the front desk brought up unfolded wrinkled sheets that were dragging on the filthy carpet floor. These sheets were even nastier than the ones that were already on the bed. When we opened them up, there were brown stains and even bigger holes. The walls were cheaply patched up and the filthy carpet floor was covered in vomit stains and sketchy white spots. The furniture included cum-stained chairs, a broken bathroom mirror and blood-stained window curtains. How'd it get there? I don't want to know. We've been asking that question for a long time. Yeah, every time we do this segment, we ask that. Yeah, as we tried to get a refund at 2am, that's how disgusting this place was, a drugged-up junkie came into the lobby, tapping his next high on the palm of his hands. The front desk guy, Steve, knew him by name. Kevin, and asked him what he wanted. <laughs> a few minutes later, a homeless guy comes in and sees us talking to the front desk. He backs out of the lobby and appears to wait for us to finish up. That's courteous. <laughs> as I left the establishment, a small Asian lady standing in a dark corner by the stairs faced the wall as soon as she saw me. The hotel's next customer was a homeless guy and probably his hooker. 
There was also a security guard, housekeeper, maintenance guy slash live-in resident folding up laundry and taking out the trash. I assume he gets free or subsidised room and board. He tried to step in like a bouncer slash John <laughs> as we demanded our money back as if he had any authority to issue a refund. We're still pursuing our refund through Expedia and hope that they do a better job vetting their partnerships. Ooh. That's a really courteous homeless guy. Be like, hey, what's going Oh. Oh, you're trying no, to no, no, you're trying, you're trying no, no, get no, 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 you do you. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll just be here. Uh, so, uh, were you guys in that room with the cum stains on the chairs? Because I really tried hard with that. <laughs> That's a work in progress. Don't, you didn't touch it, did you? Doing free online courses in interior design. <laughs> it's, I'm kind of like the Jackson Pollock <laughs> of chairs. <laughs> Uh, and I have a very limited color palette. <laughs> <laughs> we got white, we got brown, we got yellow. <laughs> and that's about it. So, that's the first that's one. That's the first one. Second one, short, sharp, to the point. Barmaid farted on us twice. <laughs> Visited here with a friend, and whilst I was away from the table, he complained that the blonde barmaid farted on him. Thinking he was joking, I took no notice. Next time she came to collect glasses, she clearly spun around and crop-dusted us with a terrible <laughs> smell. Absolutely bizarre and disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's informative. That is not vitriolic, and in fact, I would go, go so far as to say that is one of the more understated reviews if a waitress has literally been poo-clouding your table. <laughs> that's, that's some bizarre behaviour. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, when I read it, I had this thing of like, maybe she was like, oh, it's coming. And she's like, she's darted up like a meerkat and then just gone, <laughs> just like walked she away. She slightly tilts her head to the right. <laughs> just like lifts one Cock, leg. Cocks her leg. <laughs> Right, so that's the second one. The third one, and the reason why the previous one was so short is because this one is a bit more lengthy. It, okay. is, it is a Hall of Fame oh. review. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, go on. Please excuse the long review, but I'm going to share with you my experience at this club. I was in Berlin a couple of weeks ago, and I was sitting in my hotel bar. <laughs> I started chatting with a couple of guys from London. They seemed normal and told me that they were getting ready to head to the world's coolest nightclub. I figure it's Saturday night, what the hell? So I asked them if I can tag along. They said no problem. One of them informs me that I should probably change clothes because this place is hard to get into, but they had a connection. They recommend that I go change into black, simple clothes. No buttons on the shirt and no hoodies. <laughs> they said if I had a black scarf, that would be awesome. Said the door guy loves scarves and black clothes. So I go change and come back down <laughs> oh, to the lobby. No, this is... We hail a cab and are now off to this place. Yeah. Upon arriving, I see this super long line that's leading into what looks like a commercial building of some sort. I'd liken it to a warehouse. It's not inviting at all. The guys from London tell me we are going to cut in line. While we are standing there looking for the spot to cut, I take out my phone to check Facebook. One of the London guys goes into a rage and starts cussing me out and grabs my phone, yelling, Don't look at your phone! Don't use it! They won't let us in! Anyway, we get to the front of the line and there's this creepy-looking older guy with earrings, face tats and spikes in his lips. Supposedly, he's some type of guru in the club scene. <laughs> he's a weird guy and, yes, he had a scarf on. He looks me up and down and then waves us in using his pinky. Now things are about to get really weird. Once inside, the music is blasting too loud. You could feel it in your chest. I thought the bass was going to set my heart off rhythm. <laughs> I tell the two guys from London, let's go get a beer. They look at me like I'm crazy. They offer me these strange-looking little pills and I pass. No drugs for me. They both pop them in and then start making out. 
<laughs> I can I'm, see where this is going. I'm not talking about a little kiss or a peck. I'm talking open mouth tongue kissing. It was very aggressive slash disturbing kissing. I didn't even know these dudes were gay. I look around and there are three or four naked guys dancing all crazy with erections. I decide to go get a beer and I tell myself, maybe I'm in the wrong part of the club. Maybe this is the gay section. Nope. The whole club is the gay section. <laughs> on, the way to on the way to grab a beer, I pass in disbelief a bearded guy butt-fucking the crap out of another bearded dude. <laughs> you can smell feces and sweat. I take my eyes off of that situation and it only gets worse. There's another guy, and I kid you not, he's got his arm almost to his elbow up another guy's ass. Oh, come I on. thought it was a magic trick or an illusion. It wasn't. <laughs> that, the guy was basically getting impaled and enjoying it. It's not a venture. Liquids, mate. <laughs> I saw one guy getting tag teamed, double, double penetration style by two guys. I said to hell with this, I'm out of here. As I'm leaving, I remember that one of those Londoners has my phone, so I need to go find him. Now there are naked guys everywhere, sucking each other off, fisting each other. There was one dude that was riding another guy cowgirl style and yelling, Bala's teeth, Bala's teeth. <laughs> I asked the dude next to me, what's he screaming? He informs me that Bala's teeth is German for balls deep. <laughs> <laughs> This guy <laughs> comes up to me with a syringe and act like he's going to stick me with it. I jump back and think about beating the shit out of him and he starts laughing and in very bad English says, you want chemical to keep wake and make you high. As I'm saying no... <laughs> as I'm... <laughs> As I'm saying no, a loud siren slash whistle starts blowing and the whole club starts going bananas. <laughs> I ask this guy who looks like a vampire, what the hell is that? Is there a fire or is there a terrorist or something? He does this weird giggle and says the siren means it's slip and slide time. Hundreds of guys, the ones that aren't already naked, drop their pants and start masturbating on the dance floor. What the fuck? Evidently, you are supposed to ejaculate on the floor and make it slippy and then naked guys go sliding through it. What the fuck? I look back and that vampire-looking dude is jerking off in my direction. <laughs> I, I throw a beer bottle at him and start hauling ass out of there. I run past this one guy that seems to be injured and he's asking for help. I'm a pretty nice guy, so I ask what happened. He bends over and you can see the silicon rubber-looking object barely protruding out of his butt. You can barely see it. He then explains that he had shoved a rubber arm with a fist up there and it was stuck. <laughs> this guy thinks I'm going to help pull it out. Get the fuck out of here. I finally get to the exit and I yell to that weirdo doorman, you sick bastard. I hail a cab and make it back to my hotel. That was my experience at the world's coolest nightclub. I can handle a lot of stuff, but this place is way over the top. I will not be back. Never. <laughs> yeah. We want to make it very, very clear. We have absolutely no problem with gay clubs. We have no, no problem with... absolutely with, not. We're huge fans of the LGBTQI community. Yeah. However, this could have been a straight club. This could have been a polysexual club. That's fucking odd. That any, anyone that says it's slip and slide siren time and then guys start jerking off onto the dance floor to create some kind of a slide, just, uh, that's odd. Just an amazing narrative. Look, Fuck, I don't know if it's real. Yeah, I but think, it I think is, there's a, I think yeah, there's a, there's a high chance. Take it with a huge shaker of salt, but... Just the way that it's written, you can just tell the guy is very fearful. <laughs> well, if you he's it, lost in an environment he doesn't understand, and look, that's fine. But it was just the, the narrative was just what what drew me in. That's amazing. And it, if there's one thing that the Germans are, are fine with and very comfortable with, it's their sexuality it's efficiency. and insufficiency. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> they are nothing. Don't waste water. <laughs> jack off, jack on, off the on the dance floor. floor. Yeah. All right, mate. Nice work.
Which very, means, very well done. Which means we move on to the meteor portion of this cast, which is the shit show spotlight. And Gus has gone away and he has tried to find a, a historical uh, shit show that he is going to regale us with. It's a bit of a bit of a longer tale, one that he's going to dive deeper into. What have you got for us this week, mate? All right, mate. Michael Carroll. Right. Born 29th of March, 1983. Oh. Yep. Okay. Recent. <laughs> yep. We're in modern times. Fantastic. I'm back it's to the shit that I know. <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> I'm back. So uh, the scene is set in the United Kingdom, place that we know and love as a show. So Michael's... <laughs> as a, and literally as a shit show. As a shit show. Yeah. Michael was born to Kim, who worked in a canning factory, and his dad, Andy, was a uh, RAF engineer. Was also a striker for Newcastle <laughs> United. <laughs> this story would have been way different <laughs> if, if his dad was. But instead, when Mike Carroll was only 18 months old, his father was sent away for 11 years to a military prison for stabbing a couple after getting into a fight at a dance. <laughs> what? So, le- legit. His dad uh, got into an argument at an, at an army dance with uh, this this couple. Yeah, follows them home, stabs the shit out of them both, doesn't kill them because Fuck. the uh, the other guy shoots him, uh, and so then the trial is is heard, and yeah, he gets eleven years in a only uh, in a military prison. I know, right? Only he stabbed a couple, <laughs> followed them home. That's a premeditated thing. Yeah, first first degree. Anyway, Jesus. so as you can tell, that probably wasn't a great call for uh, either Andy's soccer career or Michael's childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael's parents separated when he was seven years old. Uh, his father died of a heart attack when he was 10 years old. Right. So kind of doing... Mike, Mike was 10 years old. Uh, yes. Yeah, cool. Just <laughs> no. wanted to make that clear. Yeah. So his dad had him when he was 10 and then he stabbed the <laughs> shit out of the couple and died. Um, so, yeah, his dad, his dad died... While he was still in prison, etc. Yep. Um, Michael had a few stepfathers, one of whom would lock him in his room for hours after hitting him. Uh, Carol claimed he was dyslexic, he had Jesus. ADHD. He was barely literate by the time he finished secondary school. Right. So when he was only 13, he received his first custodial sentence for shoplifting. Okay. So he's... He he's going down a path. Classic broken home kid. Yep. He was sent to the Hollersley Bay Prison in Suffolk, where he said that he finally learned to read and write. Great. Fantastic. Before Carol turned 18 years old, he was in a young offenders institute for two months, sentenced for aggravated vehicle taking, i.e. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Love that game. He also had other run-ins with the law for driving without a license, assaulting a police officer, breaking into a phone box. He had a long rap sheet and he was already known uh, in his hometown as a quintessential fuck-up. Yeah. I can see that. Yep. Michael Carroll's life changes forever in November 2002 when he wins the UK lottery. What? 9.7 million pounds. Fuck! And Michael, who had no money yeah. before this, all of a sudden is a millionaire. Awesome. He's 19. He'd been unemployed uh, since he was working at a chocolate factory a couple of months <laughs> before, <laughs> which is... Just, uh, that's, just they're, they're the jobs that you that you go. Oh yeah, I bet a criminal works here. <laughs> Chocolate <laughs> factory, box uh, box maker. But it's like you know when 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 regular people walk around, they're just like, hmm. Gus runs an entertainment company. 
I think I might get into entertainment. It seems like he enjoys what he's doing. Maybe that's something. Did he watch Charlie the Chocolate Factory and be like, hmm, that, that might actually be the job for me. Walks in and is just like, where's the river? <laughs> no, he was long con. He was just like, well, if I hang around this chocolate for long enough, I'll just steal some. All right. Oh, shit. I got a job. I got a job. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So he's won the, won the lotto. And here's the thing. Carol didn't have a bank account. He'd never had a bank account. <laughs> he also had an ankle bracelet because the, the cops were tracking his movements because he had since been uh, fired slash quitting the chocolate factory. Yeah. He'd been hanging around at local parks, drinking lager with travellers and trying to rob people. <laughs> so they went, Classic an- ankle bracelet for you. So what does he do? He goes, all right, I've got to open a bank account. I'm going to go and open it at Coots Bank where the Queen Bank's. And they have an extraordinarily exclusive client list. And even though he walked in and they didn't know that he had 10 million pounds, this idiot of a kid walks in and st- who can't really read, write or speak yeah. and starts going, uh, I'd like to open a bank account. And they've gone, yeah, this isn't really the bank, the bank for you. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb by this bank. Yeah. I don't, I don't care who you are, what, how exclusive your bank is yeah. when... A chav walks in with 10 million pounds, you take his dumb money. <laughs> you take the dumb guy's cash and you bank for him. Yeah. So soon after winning the jackpot, Carol's claimed he would not be tempted into spending his money lavishly. He only wanted to buy a three-bedroom house near a lake so he could go fishing. Humble man. Okay. He's, uh, he's going to do this, do this right. He understands the okay. pitfalls and the perils of, of having too much money and it power corrupting and, and the rest of it. I was about to say, uh, he obviously reads the Daily Mail where it's littered with all of these stories about how people fucked up and lived lavishly and lost their whole fortune, and then I realised he doesn't read. See, if he read, then he would know the story of his own life. He also claimed the many criminal offences of his past would not happen again, and his anti-social behaviour was behind him. However, weeks after winning the lottery... Carol was fined £1,320 after boarding trains without buying tickets, despite having £9.7 million. (laughs) So you can see that he is endemically a criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a multimillionaire, he proclaimed himself the King of Chavs. No. That's his moniker for himself. What? And he was known by the press as the Lotto Lout. I like his one better. King of Chavs is great. <laughs> and I'm going to show you a picture, picture of this bloke oh, at some point. He, he that... is a fat mess. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's Game of Thrones. King oh, of Chavs. Oh, oh, my God. Lord of the Louts. He, he looks like his hair uh, is, instead of using conditioner or combing it, he just gets a stick of butter and just <laughs> mashes it against his forehead before he leaves the house. Shit. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a fat, stupid-looking dickhead. Um, <laughs> but, so he immediately buys four houses, a holiday villa four in Spain. Four houses. So, sorry. <laughs> Let's just back up for a second. All right. All I, all, want right. Is, all I want is one free bedroom house so then I can go fishing. That's all I want. Next minute. I just want four houses. <laughs> and a villa in Spain. And a villa in Spain. Two convertible BMWs along with two Mercedes-Benz cars and several quad bikes. Hashtag stay humble. <laughs> Hashtag stay humble. So, yeah, Carol splashes out £340,000 on his main six-bedroom home in Swaffham. 
Norfolk. Right. Which is also the hometown of Stephen Fry, I found out. Right. Yep. They're the two major exports of Swaffham. <laughs> Stephen Fry and the King and of Chavs. And king, the King of Chavs. <laughs> uh, not content with the Swiss property called the Grange, as it was, he then lavished £400,000 on a series of upgrades. So he spent more on upgrading the house than and the actual it, house. Than the actual house. Jesus. Those included adding a swimming pool and jacuzzi inside the house. What? So he's so made indoor swimming pool. Indoor swimming pool. Yeah. Jacuzzi. As well as making a car track in the garden. And we'll come back to that in a sec. This was supposed to be his dream home, the kind of place he'd always hoped to live. Uh, and so he celebrated the way that you imagine that he would, Rick, by having just a, a couple of parties. Slash a lot of parties. Slash just chavs and hookers. At your words... But you are the Nostradamus of the King of Chavs, my friend. Yes! The booze would freely flow with Mickey squandering his bulging bank balance on drugs and prostitutes too. (laughs) A couple of months after the win, he and Sandra with their newborn daughter, Brooke, had settled in. They were joined by several of Carol's friends who lived with them, who shared his fondness for export lager and off-road motoring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which, make, which makes them sound way more civilised than they are. <laughs> I know. He the, bought, uh, like an actual, an actual king could, have the, could follow those Could follow those things. Yeah. So he bought adjoining land and built uh, his own banger racetrack. Wow. So banger racing. It is this really popular form of car racing in the UK, which is effectively just... A combo of uh, racing, old car. They're, they're all old cars. And sausages. <laughs> combo, it's a combo of, of racing and demolition derby. So you have two sorts of races oh. or two sorts of drivers. They're split into two categories. Those who are rodders, who aim to win races, and those who are wreckers and compete with the sole intention of damaging other cars. Yeah. That's banger racing. So he built a banger racetrack. Oh, wow. And would race these shitbox cars with his mates. Well, they're supposed to be shitboxes, but old mate's buying fucking Mercedes and BMWs and the rest of it, and he's just, he's the king of chaps. (laughs) He is the ultimate. So within six months, Sandra and Brooke had left. What? Yeah, okay. Unsurprised, but... I I was really surprised that you said drugs and prostitutes and then was just like... With Sandra and their daughter, I was and his daughter. I was like, "What?" Yeah, seriously. So he's just gone fucking rogue, Fuck. and she's gone. You know what? I don't care how much money you have, mate. This isn't worth it. You're a dead set fuckwit, and I don't want to be the queen of chavs. <laughs> Direct quote: I would buy a kilo of coke. Carol states, five hundred ecstasy tabs, two hundred LSD tabs, and a pound of cannabis. This would last us five days. Fuck. <laughs> What? Then then comes a uh, historically inaccurate comment. We acted, he adds, just like Roman generals. I don't think he understands the history of Rome. Uh, However, uh, at least at least he's having a crack. Yeah. He's saying a thing. He's, he's doing a thought. <laughs> <laughs> so at the height of his dependency on crack cocaine, I used to smoke and smoke until I had no more. I was getting chest pains. One time my mate Dave was there. I came round on the floor. I'd been having convulsions. All this blood was coming from my mouth. I thought I'd fallen asleep. Dave thought I was dead. He was crying. He said, don't ever do that to me again, Mikey. (laughs) By the end of 2003, Michael Carroll was smoking 2,000 pounds of crack cocaine daily. What? (laughs) 
That's unfathomable. Isn't crack cheap? Two thousand pounds of crack cocaine. I thought crack was relatively cheap. I think it is. That's (laughs) it's uh, fuck me. He's chain smoking crack. Crack. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, uh, my God. And then, and then the quote, the dealer who introduced me to crack has more of my lotto money than I do, then laughs. <laughs> this guy's batshit. Oh, my God. So here, here we go. The neighbours were, as you can imagine, uh, not, not too pleased. <laughs> <laughs> they were about as happy as a vegetarian at a Brazilian barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fucking destroyed. Conversely, they were about as happy as a group of mates trying to find a place for their vegan friend to eat at. <laughs> exactly. So, mostly because Carolyn's dickhead mates were off their chops 24-7, things like this happened. Carol, the reason me and one neighbour fell out was I was on me field with me mates and this black 4x4 drove towards us. I grabbed a bat. My brother-in-law grabbed a blade. By the time I could see who it was, I was shouting, it's me neighbour, it's me neighbour. But it was too late. Someone already fucking punched him in the head, hadn't they? Oh, <laughs> what? So, yeah, he's not harmless. No. His neighbours come over to say something and some bloke has just clocked him in the face. pulled him out of his moving car, punched him in the head. <laughs> like, that's how on edge these guys were because Fuck. they were smoking 2,000 pounds of crack a day. Just super paranoid, yeah. So he also went, uh, went wild with hookers. He once claimed, I've slept with over 4,000 women. I once slept Jesus. with more than 20 in one day with a mate in Amsterdam, which I call bullshit on. Yeah. That's just not physically possible. Have you tried ejaculating more than a like you know a set amount of times in a day? I just I don't know. My mum's already unhappy about <laughs> shit thing, and I ref- I refuse to answer that. I I can barely ejaculate on a dance floor in a nightclub. So <laughs> see, for like more than three times a day. See, I'm desensitized now. I can only ejaculate on a dance floor <laughs> in a nightclub. Uh, he boasts about sleeping with four prostitutes a day, a total of two thousand at a cost of over one hundred thousand pounds over eight years. That's, you know what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty cheap going. Pretty rate. cheap going, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, come on, mate. Yeah. Five pounds? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a man. It's quantity over quality, it seems. Totally. Um, so here's the, here's the thing. So obviously, huge, huge fucker. But the one smart thing that this bloke did was to set up a 3.9 million pound investment bond, which generates monthly income. So it's one of those bank accounts where you get really high interest, but yeah. you get penalised aggressively when you make withdrawals. Yeah. Like full penalty fees. It's like yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. like term deposit style bonds yep. are the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You get penalty fees for. I know the, yeah, I know the ones. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> here is an explanation of where his money went with the withdrawal amount, and the penalty fee. Twenty eighth of October two thousand and three, he withdrew two hundred thousand pounds and paid a penalty fee of sixteen thousand pounds. Oh. Fuck. He claimed he needed £70,000 to bail his mother out of jail, which was never put back in the account. Uh. 25th of March 2004, uh, he withdrew £37,000 and paid £2,000 in fees. Carol stated he gave this to friends who might have lost their home and they never contacted him again. So he's been taken for a fucking ride. 8th of April 2004... Withdrew £10,000. He said he bought a BMW Z3, but does not know where it is and thought he probably lent it to someone and forgot. (laughs) 
Then, what? April 2004, Carol's jailed for five months after failing to comply with a drug treatment order imposed as part of a sentence for co- cocaine possession. <laughs> and while he's in jail, an amazing thing happens. He realizes he wins the lottery again. He, rea- oh, he realizes that his true calling is being a poet. <laughs> so, so what? he starts writing poetry. No, so th- this one is called the Ballad of Norwich Jail, and it's a homage to Oscar Wilde, which I guess is exactly what you can see after after hearing this. It's like what would happen if W. B. Yeats was smoking two thousand pounds <laughs> of crack. Crack, crack cocaine a day. <laughs> Here we go. My dearest darling Jody, I hate when we're apart. I go to bed alone each night with a very heavy heart. I miss your arm around me. I miss our legs entwined. I wish that judge hadn't sent you down. I, I wish you'd just got fined. <laughs> <laughs> or, or this great tribute to his aunt. I adore my Auntie Kelly. She's always on the ball. She isn't big like some birds. In fact, she's rather small. She does all of my washing. She cooks me loads of meals. She helps me with investments and oversees my deals. (laughs) That's a great line. She's not big like most birds. In fact, she's rather small. He's a poet. He's the bard. Yeah. The king of chavs. The modern day bard. He's <laughs> the king of chavs, the lord of verse. Yeah. So he he this is his thing now. <laughs> this is this is his thing, and he and he realizes that actually uh, he's a fan of uh, of a lot of the finer things in life. So uh, we then he gets out of, out of jail. October first, two thousand and four, he withdraws a hundred thousand pounds from the uh, from the bond because he claims he lent fifty thousand pounds to a friend to start a business where he was supposed to get some of the profits, but he never received a penny. Uh. Uh, the second of November, two thousand and four, another hundred thousand pounds. He bought twenty cars for his banger race track. Fuck. Yeah. Twenty cars. Twenty cars with a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. These must have been real shit boxes. Oh man. He was buying. Uh, he bought twenty cars with a hundred grand, and he got two thousand prostitutes with a hundred grand. <laughs> I don't know what these maths are. <laughs> uh, but the the final one, twenty fourth of November, he withdrew one hundred thousand uh, pounds. He claims he lent another uh, fifty thousand to another friend. The rest he spent on partying, clothes, and bills for his large number of friends. So he's just got hangers on all over the shop. Yeah. Uh, then December. 2004, 50,000 pounds. He said he had a huge party with 99 people over several consecutive days. He said there were more women there than men and he had sex with every woman there as a condition of them being a guest. Oh, what? Yuck. Sounds like that horrible hostel. Yeah, tell me about it. He bought drugs, food, alcohol and a glorious gold chain for each of the women. King of the Chavs. Oh, King, King of the Chavs. The, I thought you were going to say, and a pair of TNs for every <laughs> every guest. Loaf of bread, fishes, TNs. <laughs> this life of excess meant uh, Mickey never thought about what he was spending, which is obvious when he described a robbery which took place in 2004. I would buy these huge necklaces, he recalled. One cost me around £2,000. All of it was robbed in, two, in 2004. There was about £100,000 worth of gold stolen. But the next day I went out and I bought it all again. What? It wasn't insured. He just went and bought it he again. Just bu- oh. The guy is an idiot. Fuck. So then he goes, all right, time for me to give back to the community. I'm going to give some money to charity. How am I going to do it? Nordica I'm- caps for all. 
I'm going to do a celebrity boxing match. So he was a big fan of the television show Gladiators. So he found <laughs> recently retired gladiator Rhino, who was a bodybuilder, and yep. bearing in mind that this guy, Mike Carroll, is a fat, useless shit. <laughs> so he calls him up, and, uh, and he's like, oh, let's do this boxing match for charity, to which this, this bloke goes, oh, okay, cool. I want to I give it to charity. Uh, quickly goes from civil to incredibly acrimonious because they get together to promote this fight. And here's what happens. His, this uh, Rhino's manager uh, is sitting in the pub and Mike Carroll starts talking smack about how he's going to knock this gladiator out in the, first, in, in the first couple of minutes. And this bloke... So got, he's, he's, he's learning from the, from the Don King <laughs> playbook. Trash talk. Yeah. So he goes, this manager says, it's all very well getting pumped up with your mates and having a pub brawl, but you're going to get very lonely in that ring. You have to be off your fucking head. Stay on the farm and trash up your cars. That's the only thing you're good at. Cue massive brawl <laughs> at this charity, this Starlight Foundation. And <laughs> Make a wish fucking thing. <laughs> there's just kids oh, in wheelchairs <laughs> everywhere. And this fat bastard is fighting an ex-gladiator. Um, so here is the news report of how that, how that fight went down. As you can imagine, the Sun writes in uh, only the Queen's best English. <laughs> F- <laughs> Flabby lotto lout Michael Carroll was battered and bruised yesterday after a charity boxing bout. Former gladiator Rhino became Britain's most envied man as he got to use the arrogant yob as a punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, 22, who's been in court nearly 40 times, had boasted he would knock out the 34-year-old bodybuilder. But Rhino, real name Mark Smith, was never in any danger. In fact, Carol's 17-year-old fiancé, Sammy Howard, who started her own fight in the audience, revealed... He <laughs> revealed the queen of jabs! <laughs> revealed Mike had done most of his training on lager. Although he... <laughs> Although he'd lost... Does that mean he was drinking or, like, it was versus cans of lager? <laughs> he's just, like, got a Rocky-style montage. And he versus and a beer! And he just, <laughs> he's just boxing fucking cases of Carling. <laughs> just cases of Heineken. It's the yeah. best. Although he lost more than a stone and a half in recent weeks, he was obviously out of condition permanently. <laughs> And he showed his quick wits weren't going to save him by trying to give his trademark one-finger salute while wearing a boxing glove. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The 1,000-strong crowd in Bethnal Green, East London, constantly booed booed cocaine abuser Carol, who is famed for his flashy gold jewellery. And the three-round bout was stopped three times because the ref thought the former dustman, who won 9.7 million, was taking too much punishment. It was also stopped 45 seconds into the second round when security guards waded into the audience to stop a brawl started by Sammy, who lives with Carol. The teenager who had a ringside seat punched one man and spat in the face of another after they taunted Carol about being fat. (laughs) Sammy said later, I'm really proud that he had the guts to get in the ring. He did do a run before the fight. But most of his training (laughs) was on lockdown. (laughs) So here we go. Carol, whose father was Scottish, had entered the ring to the strains... Of his debut record, Lager, Lager, Lager. What? <laughs> he wrote an album. No. Because he's a poet, Rig. No. Because he's a poet. Lager, Lager, Lager? It was written and produced by actor Keith Allen, the man behind England's World Cup 98 anthem, Vindaloo. <laughs> what? This bloke. So Keith Allen gets involved with Mike Carroll 
purely to make a documentary because he sees what, where this is going. Yeah. He writes all these songs with uh, with Mike Carroll who cannot fucking sing. Yeah. If you get a chance, look up <laughs> King of the Chabs singing. And it's just this amazing... <laughs> just tone deaf. <laughs> it's, like... it's great. And then, then Keith Allen comes on with the voiceover. He's, he's got this great baritone. He comes on and he's just like... And that's when it was really common. It was really apparent to me that Michael was a terrible singer, <laughs> but uh, he was having a real try, and uh, I appreciated that. But yeah, he couldn't sing for shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lovely guy! He made an album. So uh, then we're, we're in two thousand and five. He withdraws his, another hundred thousand pounds because he le- he lends fifty thousand pounds to another friend and he spends fifty thousand pounds on parties and clothes. He claims by this time he was also paying wages to an entourage who did nothing except accompany him around the town, do crack cocaine with him, and defraud and steal things from him. He's Jesus. paying them, paying them to get robbed, to, by to, them. to basically get robbed. So 2005, he's back in court for the fifth time in two weeks, and even his lawyer two admits... Two weeks? Yeah, admits he was lucky to escape prison. His offence was cruising through down a market in a black Jeep, lit by blue neon lights, taking pot shots at cars and shops with a ball-bearing loaded catapult. What? He's jumped the shark. This guy's going fucking batshit. <laughs> when he's arrested, Carol... A mini fucking trebuchet in the car? <laughs> totally. What the fuck he's, does that mean? He's rolling medieval style yeah. now. <laughs> Carol admitted he'd done the same thing on 29 other occasions and wrote sorry on his police form. <laughs> he was given 240 hours community service, ordered to pay £3,680 in compensation, and he's put on his first restraining order. He couldn't be within 400 yards of any town property. Right. So he can't go anywhere. Yeah. As he left court, he left driving a gold Isuzu Jeep with the number plate... W-1-1-1-N-E-R, or... Uh, Weiner. W- <laughs> Weiner. <laughs> Carol said he tried to ignore the, the constant media attention since winning the lottery. That's going to do it, mate. Yeah. That number plate's going to do it. Yeah. So shortly after being released from prison at the end of June 2006, Carol took out a loan in order to keep his houses and maintain his party lifestyle, which is anyone who's ever done anything to do with money ever can tell you that's a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> All right, what do you need a loan for, sir? Crack cocaine. I got four houses in a Spanish villa. I just wanted one for fishing. <laughs> What's your investment plan? Uh, gold sports bar. <laughs> gold jeeps. The BBC reported that he was almost broke, having spent his fortune on new homes, drugs, parties, jewellery and cars. In August 2006, Carol denied rumours that he had no money left. However, as of February 2010, he revealed that he was back on the job seekers allowance, a.k.a. the dole, yeah. having spent all his money on crack cocaine, gambling, his family and friends, electronic goods, cars, prostitutes and gold. <laughs> So on 18th of February, 2010, eight years after he won the lottery, he was declared bankrupt with his heavily damaged mansion being put up for sale. A mansion which he bought for £340,000 and put another £400,000 into was sold for £142,000 eight years later because it was so severely damaged. Yeah. In May 2010, he applied for his old job as a bin man and was knocked back. Oh! Yep. So he, wow. So he went to work in a biscuit factory in Scotland. Uh. Sounds like the start of some great poetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or moving on to his current job in a slaughterhouse where he still works. <laughs> Despite everything he admits, he still buys lottery tickets in the hope of winning again. He uh, said, uh, I've experienced more in a decade than most people would in two lifetimes. I'm much happier now. I still buy lottery tickets and would love to win again. He adds, you can't regret anything. If you do, then you get depressed. And I'm far too happy to be depressed. Well, Mike Carroll... We don't applaud you, but you've somehow beat all the odds, mate, That's and lost a shit ton of money, and you are alive. That is fucked. And where is he now? The slaughterhouse. Yeah, he works in a slaughterhouse. Fantastic. You can't spell slaughterhouse without laughter. That is dead set <laughs> fucked. And he, he is just a fucking train. He is the embodiment of the word train wreck. Insanity. So that is the story of Michael Carroll, the king of the chavs. The king of the chavs, mate. That is. Awesome. Well done, mate. I will tell everyone that is listening now about how to contact us. So we are on Facebook. If you want to give us a shout out message, please go and find us on Facebook. We are just under shit show. Or if you'd like to, if you're one of those people and those very good friends of the show who like to send us articles once upon a time, do not send them to both of us at the same time because really, really we, tough. it gets really weird and I have to tell Gus not to read anything. Yeah, aggressively. Just mashes really, the keypad. <laughs> mash, the P, mash the keypad with your palm now. And so if you would like to join our group, the group is Should Have Known Better. So it's our kind of dedicated group if you want to throw up any sort of articles or anything that you find. Or just throw shade at us. Or just That's throw what shade it seems us. to be being used for 50% of the time. It's, or just heckling us from afar. That's fine. That's always great, except there's no anonymity and we know who you are and where you live and what job you hold. Yep, good luck, keyboard warriors. We're coming for you. <laughs> so you can do that. You can also follow us on Twitter, at ShitShowCast, or you can actually have a look at our dedicated website where we put everything up and you can subscribe from our, for our podcast from there. It is shitshow.com.au. Or if you just want to go straight into your podcast app, just look us up, shit show, or one word. Absolutely. You've been listening to Shit Thing. We'll see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-